tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado. Para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Hi, good afternoon. Welcome to the marketplace. Coming up this afternoon, Data Protection Commission issues public warning on data breaches by operators of online loan apps, more as the Commission calls on relevant agencies to fish out operators who are violating the country's data protection laws. Also coming up, ratings agency Fish assigns four Nigerian banks with subsidiaries in Ghana, a B negative with stable outlook, we'll discuss. Plus, government records about 6.4% oversubscription of its treasury bills target, but interest rates surged for the eighth consecutive week, raising concerns about government's debt management strategy. My name is Daryl Park. Thanks for being with us. Details coming up. Ratings agency Fitch has assigned four Nigerian banks with subsidiaries in Ghana a B minus with stable outlooks. The banks are Access Bank, Guarantee Trust Bank, UBA, and Zenit Bank. According to Fitch, the banks are robust with strong buffers. However, they continue to contend with U.S. dollar shortages and the Central Bank of Nigeria's highly burdensome cash reserve requirement. Fitch therefore expects reform. Uh, 
progress under the new administration, including the elimination of fuel subsidies and gradual liberalization of the Naira. What are the implications of this uh, rating? Dr. Benjamin Amwa, uh, who is Senior Finance Lecturer at the University of Ghana Business School, uh, joins us on Zoom. Uh, good afternoon to you. Thanks for your time. So uh, what does this mean for the banks? This B- minus with stable outlook. Thank you very much. For the bank, you can look at it in two ways. We can look at the, the parent in Nigeria, which is the parent bank that more or less, you know, has subsidiaries across Africa. We look at the four banks, GT Bank, Access Bank, Zenith, and UBA, realize that is the parent's concentration of its investment in the sovereign instrument of Nigeria that is influencing the current performance and the extent to which these banks are geographically you know, dispersed across Africa. Uh. What is rather showing from the report is that the performance of the Ghanaian subsidiary, i.e. the losses that some of the Ghanaian subsidiaries of these banks have made, is what we have negatively impacted on the group as a whole. So, as the Nigerian economy picks up, these banks will have their books improved simply because of the strength of the Nigerian economy. The case of the Ghanaian banks or the Ghanaian subsidiaries of these banks are quite different from the current assessment from the parent level. Yeah, um, and the, these banks are, are heavy weights, no doubt, here in Ghana, and whatever happens to them um, has an impact on our local banking industry because of their market share, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So if you are looking at the contributions of these four banks in Ghana, then definitely whatever their position is per the exposures that these banks may have picked from, their investment in Bank of Ghana, sorry, Government of Ghana instrument will definitely impact on our market. But currently, the ratings that are coming from Fitch is more of an assessment of that of the parent. We should also forget that uh, the parents do have interest in all the subsidiaries across. So definitely, whatever happens to the parents will happen will affect the subsidiaries, which will also affect the activities that the subsidiaries have on the Ghanaian market. Okay, uh, so Fitch notes that the banks have had to contend with U.S. dollar shortages and the Nigerian central banks burden some cash reserve requirement, and so they have to fix that. And you point out that uh, that is the parent company. Now, the subsidiaries have to deal with another thing, which is debt rich restructuring, which has weighed on them. How do they navigate that? Okay, so we have to look at it from this point, uh, in Nigeria, the issue of the dollar and the Naira is still an issue that the Nigerian government and central bank is working at. We should not forget that these subsidiaries in Ghana, from time to time, will need support from the parents, most especially when the central bank, Bank of Ghana, is calling for capital recapitalization plans, then definitely these banks will have to fall on the parents. So if the parents are not comfortable in terms of what is happening in Nigeria and across Africa. You see, 
the African economy is so fragile that post-COVID, most of these economies are trying to restructure their finances. So definitely banks that are operating on this continent are also exposed. So for these big banks from Nigeria, once they are affected in terms of the parents, then definitely they may also have some impact on the Ghanaian subsidiaries. Yeah. So in the recapitalization plan that the Central Bank of Ghana is calling for, I believe that the parents who are in Nigeria currently for these four banks will definitely be impacted by some of the implications that the Central Bank Capitalization Plan is calling for. And indirectly to the experience of the parents in Nigeria will affect the operations of these subsidiaries in Ghana. And so based on this, to what extent do you think uh, these Nigerian banks will review how they operate here in Ghana, the approach when it comes to, for instance, lending and bond trading? It depends on the philosophy of the parents from Nigeria, taking a holistic view of the African economy and which markets in Africa are promising. The example of Ghana doesn't speak well for the Ghanaian case because we have gone through debt restructuring and banks have suffered. The parents will want to look at other markets. Which market will promise them the more? And then they may want to put in more resources into such markets. For a market like Ghana, what the parents may want to do will just have to observe and make sure that they have their capital buffers intact mm. for them to recover from some of these difficulties. In terms of what new to do, for Ghana, it's more of trying to stabilize their position in Ghana. To rake in more income, they may have to look at other markets that have promised higher returns than what Ghana currently presents to them. All right. I appreciate your thoughts this afternoon, Dr. Benjamin Amwa, Senior Finance Lecturer at the University of Ghana Business School. Now, to our top story uh, this afternoon, the Data Protection Commission has issued a public warning on data breaches by operators of online loan apps. The Data Protection Commission says it has received tons of complaints regarding the harassment and debt shaming approaches these online digital loan services are using to deal with defaulters. The Commission says operators of the online apps, which are mostly uh, online students are violating the country's data protection laws. Executive Director uh, Patricia Edusepoku joins us on Zoom to tell us a bit more. Uh, good afternoon to you. So what? tell us more about the nature of these complaints and are you able to quantify them? Thank you. Uh, good afternoon and uh, good afternoon to all your listeners. So, uh, I mean, it's causing a lot of harm and distress in the ecosystem. Uh, The way these loan apps are collecting data from our data subjects across the country, and um, it's hard to quantify. Apps are collecting data from our data subjects across the country, and um, it's hard to quantify. My name is Emma Davis, and I'm the MC for today's event. Our topic is post-domestic exchange program IMF agreement. What's next? And we have a panel here, and our moderator will be Dr. Jabel Mohammed. Please, a round of applause for him. 
We also have Gloria Ample, who is an MPhil finance student. <laughs> Ebenezer Odum, BSc accounting and finance. <laughs> Josephine Edem, BSc business economics. <laughs> and Solomon Boache, BSc business economics. Okay, so I would hand over to Dr. Mohammed, but before that, I would like us to know that we are across all our social media channels and live on the Joy News channel. Dr. Mohammed, over to you. Uh, thank you so much, and welcome to Joy FM Multimedia Town Hall Meeting in collaboration with the University of Professional Studies, Accra. Uh, our today's topic, as earlier on stated, is post. DDE program. So the Commission's major mandate is to protect the rights of individuals and their personal data. We are uh, mandated to raise public awareness, which is why we are on TV today. So all some of these online apps, and they've sent messages, details about uh, some of my friends, and so I wonder um, how they're able to do this. But one would also say that the victims are not blameless, because you've gone for a loan and you have to pay What's your response to this? So the fact that someone has come for a loan doesn't allow you to harass their financial uh, uh, sector rules around how uh, debt management, credit facilities, and how you provide loans. There are strict rules around how uh, this is done. There are international standards that the PCC uh, DSS tells us. Uh, it's called PSSD, the, the, the financial sector standards, tells us what people are allowed to do and not to do with financial data. These guys are online, they don't have a physical presence, they are not registered with the Bank of Ghana, they're going uh, far beyond the scope of what they're allowed to do uh, uh, within the financial uh, industry sector code of practice and, and taking information beyond what is allowed. They are writing uh, with red paint on people's walls in their homes. They are going there and knocking people's food off their cooker and fire uh, and, and embarrassing them. Circulating their Ghana cards. To their communities. Yeah, I just added circulating their Ghana cards as well. And so, uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what, what section of the Data Protection Act can bring relief to victims? So the, the individuals are empowered to to uh, complain, ask for redress, to correct data, and, and to and, and the data controllers, those in this ecosystem that have collected the data, they are supposed to have collected legitimately. They are supposed to have uh, explained at the point of collection the purpose for which they are collecting, which they may have done, but in small print, it has to be in plain enough language, and the consent that they get from these individuals should be explicit consent, which means that the people should have been uh, fully briefed and fully informed about how the data will be used against them, and they should have been given the opportunity to uh, 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 give an affirmative action to uh, suggest that they are happy with the way the information will be used at the later date. People have a right to, when they are being harassed and distressed, to stop the processing of their data. Right now, all these rights have been infringed upon because the individuals haven't found a way to complain to these uh, data controllers, the online loan app owners, neither have we, the commission, been able to track these uh, defaulting institutions down to hold them accountable. 
All this is against the Data Protection Act, uh, Section 46, that says that they must be registered with us, for example, and, and, and all the principles of data protection have been breached uh, in this act. Uh, well, reading your, your statement is also significant to point out that most of these um, online loan services are unlicensed. Have you perused any of your privacy notices, the privacy notices of these uh, loan services? We, we, they, they haven't been very, very uh, accountable to us or open uh, to us concerning these date, uh, these uh, privacy notices. And whatever they have on there, they themselves have gone against the principles of uh, privacy statements. It's well beyond uh, what they are allowed to do. And therefore, even if they have one on their, on their uh, uh, attached to the app, it's beyond what is reasonably expected by any individual. And so it, it's a breach of their rights. Uh, 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 straight away. I know the Bank of Ghana and the Cyber Security Authority are working hard to eliminate some of these apps by um, disabling them using uh, their efforts and uh, with collaborating with Google and all that. But we also have found out uh, in our discussions with Bank of Ghana that as they disable them, new ones come up. So it's becoming a very overwhelming uh, project for them. Uh, to to do even even in their in their capacity as a cyber security and Bank of Ghana regulator. And you've called on the cyber security units of the Bank of Ghana, the cyber security authority, and other agencies to uh, rally efforts to fish out and apprehend uh, the operators of these loan apps. What sanctions are they likely to face? We we've got all the members of the Joint Cyber Security Technical Working Group. Uh, the national committee that oversees the critical national infrastructure of which personal data is part of uh, uh, to, to, to come on board with all their efforts. So we have the Bank of Ghana, we have the Cyber Security Authority, the police, the national security, uh, and all the other uh, uh, critical stakeholders, the FIC, financial uh, investigations, even the Yoko and all the others have been briefed and are doing whatever they can in their efforts to uh, find these culprits and bring them to uh, order. And for the victims, what is the way forward for them, those who have come to the Data Protection Commission to complain? To uh, order. And for the victims, what is the way forward for them, those who have come to the Data Protection Commission to complain? But when we critically look at most of the sub-Saharan regions, tax revenue is just below 13% and all that, which means that there's still a long way to go. But in my own opinion, when I look at the country, there are a whole lot of issues that are worrying us. Experiencing. It's not to say that we have a solution immediately because we haven't found any responsible individual physically to deal with and prosecute us within our mind. Try and find... Well, let's turn to uh, the treasury market for some news. Government recorded about 6.4% over subscription of its treasury bills target of 2.63 billion cities, but at an increasing cost. According to figures from the Bank of Ghana, interest rates surged for the eighth consecutive week, raising concerns about the government's debt management strategy aimed at cutting Ghana's debt. Patrick Edamagama is uh, head of trading at Republic Security. He joins us with more. Um, so some positive news from Friday, at least. Uh, the bills were oversubscribed. Give us a rundown, Patrick. Well, on the money market um, last week, the government raised 2.8 billion against a target of 2.6 billion, recording of a subscription. Again, all the bids were accepted across all the three securities. 
And again, most um, investors desire the 91-day treasury bill against the others. We saw 53% of the bids going for 91-day and then 38% going for 182-day treasury bill and then 9% going for 364-day bill. The 91-day cleared at 21.27, increasing by 11.16 basis points. The 182-day cleared at 29.95%, increasing by just 1.54 basis points. However, we saw a dip in the 364-day bill that closed at 27.82%, decreasing by 19.71 basis points. And like I indicate, indicated my intro to this story, um, interest rates um, continue to surge for the eighth consecutive week, and now there are concerns about um, government's debt management strategy, uh, I mean, how government aims to cut down on the country's debt, that's cause for why? Well, um, there are, if you look at the restriction uh, of government to the capital market, you see that the, the treasury bill remains the only option that the government will have to use to fund maturing bills. Government to the capital market, you see that the, the treasury bill remains the only option that the government will have to use to fund maturing bills. You want to be part of it. Thank you very much, Doc. Now, um, Dr. Richard Kwame from Pong, a financial inclusion activist, once said, there are habits that will lead you to financial independence irrespective of um, the global... ...that are lacking. And um, also, if you look at the targets, if you look at the range, you see that the ocean targets have been increasing lately. Um, because the government is seeing a lot of demand in, on the market for car bank, fan milk, and MTN. MTN is, is mounting again and again. We expect this to continue for some time. However, we have fan milk and MTN. MTN is, is mounting again and again. We expect this to continue for some time. However, we are where we are right now. As of 2018, according to the Ghana Initiative of Public Services Survey, we lose an average of $3 billion, the same amount we are asking from the IMF to get our economy back to normal. These are the things that derail our economy. And I believe that if we... Securities. Ghana's program with the International Monetary Fund has received the buy-in from all social actors, including organized labor. That's according to country rep of the IMF, Dr. Leandro Medina, telling us that... They believe that this will help them bring all these persons to the table and capture their concerns as part of the IMF program. The staff visit will also help the team track how Ghana is doing to meet the program objectives and progress as expected to meet those key program targets by the end of June this year. This is because when the team meets on November 1, 2023 for Ghana's first program review, They'll be looking at the June 30 quantitative and quantitative targets to see whether Ghana has been able to achieve them. Now, passing these targets will let the staff take their recommendation to the IMF board for approval and disbursement of additional $600 million for Ghana. Some have said this first review is very important because it will help Ghana realize the full benefits of this IMF program in terms of turning around the economy, the visiting IMF staff should leave town for Washington, D.C., USA, before the close of this week. Some more news for you. Event vendors are concerned about the impact of utility tariff hikes and inflation on the operations. 
the Event Vendors Association indicates the current etching rate regime is not favorable, causing great distress within the space. President of the association, Kate Hassan, has been speaking to Joy Business. We are still trying to bounce back and do what we know how to do best. Okay. Now let's talk about um, how did it affect the industry? It affected us massively because um, looking at, you know, um, when it comes to events, we have the logistic companies who supplies us to do our events. The dollar, the foreign exchange rates, everything. I mean, duties, taxes were... I mean, they all went up, and it really affected our industry. For instance, we used to do events between, like, well, I mean, events for guests between, our highest was up to 1,000, but last year our highest was, was 300, and they even, some of them even cut up to 50. You get an event with 300 guests, and by the time, on the D-Day of the event, or a week or two before the event, the clients will come back and say, I mean, I'm having issues with money and all that, so we have to cut down to the number of guests. We can't do it anymore. And, and it really affected us to the extent that those who even pulled out of their eight to five jobs had to go back, and it's, it's been difficult to come back to do into the industry. So it hasn't been easy, and it's still not easy. We are still trying to find our feet but just like you said everything that goes on in our society I mean it's, it's event so we are trying to do our very best to still stay in our industry and support the country as a whole or the society all right Johnny Walker the world's number one scotch whiskey brand has announced that red label and black label will no longer come in cardboard packaging as part of a wider packaging strategy with focus on reduce, reuse, and recycle. Here's more in this report. The removal of cardboard packaging across Johnny Walker Black Label and Red Label will not only reinforce the brand's commitment to championing sustainability and building Ghana's circular economy, but also contribute to eliminating over 7,000 tons of carbon from the Agio's supply chain. The stepping out of the box campaign is a step forward in the direction of achieving Society 2030. Estela Muzito said, through this initiative, over 100 million cardboard packaging will be phased out globally, representing 50% of total scotch cardboard individual bottle cartons. We've started, you know, very seriously putting in our best efforts to really drive the conversation about around environmental conservation. So last year, we made a decision globally, you know, as a number one scotch whiskey, to start reducing some of our packaging. You know very well that uh, the boxes that we pack in some of our brands, you know, have to come from trees. And we felt, you know, one of the first steps to really reducing on our carbon footprint was to start rethinking our packaging. So the next thing that we thought about as a team was, you know, what else could we do on the ground to really, really show how serious we are about the environment? And so that's why we are here today. We said, you know what, why not contribute to the, uh, you know, tree planting agenda? This year we're talking about planting 10 million trees. And as Johnny Walker, you know, we're never scared of a challenge. And so we're here to also contribute to that as a team and as a business and we'll continue doing more things, you know, talking about engaging with different stakeholders within the environmental conservation space. And we hope to do this more. We know it's the right thing to do as a brand, and it's the right thing to do for our consumers as well. On her part, Corporate Relations Director for Guinness Ghana, Sylvia Owusu-Ankuma urged Ghanaians to be deliberate in tackling issues of climate change to reduce its impact on human life. 
And that's our program this afternoon. Thanks for watching, everyone. More news on our website, myjoyonline.com forward slash business. We will be back same time tomorrow. who live in cities might think that most of the world is paved over but in fact half of the earth's habitable land is agriculture all that land is used just to produce food for people and for the animals now think about that welcome to eco africa i am sandra twinovrio and i am chris elems glad to have you with us today that's a good point sandra and we've learned the hard way that not all farming methods are equally sustainable or healthy, especially about their impact on the climate. That's one of our themes today. Here's a look at what else we have in store. Boosting crop yields with the help of solar power. Battling the illegal coral trade. and making the most of raw organic waste. No matter where you live, it's nearly impossible to escape pollution and contamination, whether in the air, soil or even water. For example, from pesticides, they were originally hailed as game changers. But we now know that they not only poison the food we eat, but also kill insects that are vital to processes such as pollination. The tide, however, is starting to change. Right here in Uganda, for example, the government is taking steps to transform conventional agriculture to an organic system. Well, our Eco Africa correspondent, Julius Mugambwa, paid a visit to one especially promising project. 